Hello and welcome to Jerry 2's video game podcast with me, Joe, and... Me, Minion. Minion. Oh, it works today because we're talking about hell. Minions. I said Minion. As in... Oh, is it like Philly Minion? Yeah. What's that got to do with anything? I'm going to call you Minion. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> welcome. Um, this is Jerry 2's video game podcast. As I said, Jerry 2 is the very ugly black cat you can see in the thumbnail. Jerry 2 is our black cat one of our cats it's very into video games so every episode we uh play a video game we give our thoughts um we relay those to jerry 2 and jerry 2 eventually gives his judgment on it uh like always we have literally just finished the game so we play the game we finish it and we immediately do a podcast so that we are like right out the oven still hot from the oven yeah i think the only one we didn't do that with was metro, metro. but the rest yeah uh... hot out the oven you need to wear oven gloves to handle this podcast okay so if you're not wearing any protective equipment right now stop the oh, podcast God. right get some gloves out because we've got some hot takes coming your way you are so cheesy <laughs> well this is a cheesy game isn't it yeah so today we completed Shadows of the Damned. Um, now, Shadows of the Damned was released in 2011, I think yeah. it was. Uh, it's a game by Suda51, the Japanese auto developer behind games such as Killer7 and No More Heroes and Lollipop Chainsaw, none of which I have played. Uh, <laughs> and Shinji Mikami, who is uh, the uh, author, again, Japanese director behind such hits as Resident Evil and our uh, waifu game, God Hand, <laughs> one of our favourite <laughs> games. So first off, what is your experience with Shadows of the Damned and then with just the creators in general? Um, so you had played this before. Yeah. I hadn't. Yeah. Um, and thank you, Game Pass. We played it courtesy Game Pass. It yeah. is going off on the 15th of Yeah, so if you are February. listening to it at any point in the next... We're recording this on the 7th of February. If you listen to it at any time in the next eight days, you've got a chance to play it. Yeah, any time after that, hello, future people uh, living in your COVID bunkers. Yes. I hope everything's going well. Uh, but you've missed your chance to play it for free, I'm afraid. But yeah, if it's before the 15th of Feb, you've got a chance to play it on Game Pass if you have it. Um, and I think we wanted to play it for quite a few months. Uh, but for whatever reason, we had other games that we were... Yeah, it was on, it was on our play. play list yeah. and we were just kind of knocking it back. But the, the good thing about um, Game Pass, and we've said this in the past, is that sometimes it sort of pressures... Not forces, but pressures you to play a game that maybe you're not massively either enthusiastic about or you just want to give a try because you don't yeah. feel like you're going to lose out on anything. It just kind of gives you an opportunity to play it, doesn't it? Yeah, because if you don't like it, you don't feel like you've wasted money. So we saw that it was uh, leaving game, game Pass soon and yeah. because it was one that was in our play now uh, play later list we were like you know what let, let's give it a go we checked on uh, the brilliant website how long to beat uh, roughly how long it takes I think you said it was um, yeah, eight, hours. 8 hours did did we take I think we took around 8 hours ok we took around 8 hours we did play on Lemon Hunter mode yeah um, which was the the easiest mod. I'm, I'm not ashamed about that. Well, because Min um, was controlling it for the majority of the game. I was controlling it for the majority. And she's not really familiar with this kind of game. No, it's usually Joe who plays these kind of games. So you know, I was going to play on Lemon, Lemon Hunter, and and also because it is an older game, I knew that there was going to be some annoyances. So the easier I could make it, the better. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I've never played any of his games before. I don't think you've played very many of I his... haven't played any. I think I played a game called Killer Is Dead yeah. on Xbox 360, which was. He was exec producer. I don't think he had that much direct involvement. Right. But Suda51, I've heard, you know, his games are like, um, some of them are very legendary. Some of them are beloved. They're all meant to be quite weird and quirky. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't played them. But Shinji Mikami, on the other hand, uh, we have, you know, God Hand yes. is one of our favourite games of all time. God oh, Hand is excellent. We should replay it and do yes. a podcast about it at some point because God Hand is excellent. So, uh, really heavily recommended. Yeah, we felt like it was. Um 
I think you said it was very funny and it'd be... Yeah, I mean, my memory of it, I played it um, probably about 10 years ago yeah. now, uh, probably maybe nine years ago now. I didn't buy it brand new, but it was like maybe a year after it came out because it was one of those games that plummeted in price pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. And I bought it um, and and I, I remember, I mean, my memory of it was that it was funny and quirky and fun. Um, memories can be deceptive a little bit, uh, <laughs> but we'll get into that. But that was definitely my memory of it. And knowing Min, Zoe Minion, and her sensibilities, um, and knowing that there's quite a lot of God Hand DNA in this, I think I thought that Min would really, really like it, and that's why I kind of like said, "Oh, we should definitely play Shadows of the Dark." Yeah, so so we we went for it. Um, you know, I had no idea that he also did Lollipop Chainsaw, which yeah, I think Lollipop Chainsaw, I think Shadows of the Damned was tipped for a sequel that never happened, and Lollipop Chainsaw was a game that came next in that kind of collaboration. Uh, that um, wasn't quite as well yeah, received. I mean, I can't tell you how much I hated the look of that game, but, yeah. but that's not part of this. Um, yeah. Is there so, anything yeah. else you want to say about that? Uh, no. So I, I went into it with very little knowledge. Yeah, um, like I said, I had played it before, but it was such a long time ago that yeah, and I, I kind of remembered the main sort of beats of it, but I didn't really remember the moment-to-moment gameplay. Yeah, I think you, you said it was you know quite um, innuendo-filled and it was yes. funny and, and the main guy... For some reason, you think you thought he said Garcia fucking Hotspur way more than he actually did. That is his name. Because, you know, you can tell it's his name, right? Because, and we'll get into this in a second, listeners, but just between me and Min, the subtitles, right? When it says Garcia fucking Hotspur in the subtitles, eh, the fucking is got an capital F, like it's a proper noun. If which, it was, which is fine, but he said it twice. In no, the- that's his name. Okay, so as Min just said, the game uh, is a trip to hell and back. Okay, mm-hmm. that's kind of the game, uh, and you step into the role of Garcia fucking Hotspur who is a Mexican demon hunter. Now, can I just say, like, I love the um, the character design because I think it's quite different. Like, you don't have the, the typical Caucasian-looking, cloudy, you know, FFV yeah. character. Or this, um, what you'd normally get in Western games, just a grizzled guy with short hair yeah. called Jack Slate or whatever, you know, who will look, or, or Nathan Drake. Yeah, yeah. So I, I really liked that they went for something different and... Um, you know, his clothes were amazing. I would wear it. What would I describe what he was wearing? He was wearing uh, leather pants or yeah. trousers or leather trousers, jeans, yeah. Wherever you're from, uh, he had some buckled up boots. Yeah. Also black and leather, uh, and then he either has no top on. Yeah. Or if he's wearing a jacket, he's got this purple jacket that's again leathery and punky with studs on it. And I probably wouldn't wear it in purple, but yeah, whatever. Uh, but he also has uh, tattoos um, yeah, all, all across his, his body and chest, and, stuff, yeah. uh, and he's quite ripped as well. And then um, I think he's got a scar he's or got two, two scars on his head. Huge welt scars um, on his face, yeah. And then he's just got kind of slicked back black hair, uh, quite tan. But I, I, just, I, I really liked his character. Yeah, it's design. a cool. It is different, and it suits the game definitely. Now the game is very much in the style of uh, Grindhouse, which I think I didn't know about the idea. No. So Grindhouse is like a, a genre of film. It's like Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez, and it's like they're like horror themed. They're not necessarily horror, but they're very gory, often quite sexual comedy horror films. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of phallic. Uh, oh, yeah, we will. Ref- yeah. we'll certainly get into that. But um, so the game begins, and you, Garcia fucking Hotspur, which is what I'm going to call him every single time, you are in a hotel room with your girlfriend Paula. Uh, Paula, Paula. We at the end of the game, I kind of wish we'd keep kept a track because yeah. listeners, we did actually do a podcast about the bouncer, which unfortunately is lost to history because one of the cats sabotaged the Ma- podcast. Maisie sabotaged it and put Echo on without us realising, and uh, it just yeah. went out of sync. It went the entire thing was out of sync. So it was we, had to, we had to abandon it, unfortunately. But in that game, the main character 
says uh, Dominique, Dominique all times. Yeah. I think this game can actually rival it. I, you know, I do too. But the thing is, um, I counted how many times he said Dominique in the bouncer because that's what I remembered of yes. the game, and I it? told you about it beforehand. I didn't particularly remember him saying you Paula. No, you didn't, and you probably didn't. You know, I think it's done a little bit more subtly, but I mm. think you're right. I think it is a longer game than Bouncer, yeah. so maybe in ratio... He, maybe, but, it's four times as long. But he does say Paolo a lot, and I really regret not tallying Counting, down yeah. how many times he said it. But um, So, yeah. as I said, the game begins. You're in this hotel room with your girlfriend, Paola, when you are attacked by demons. Um, and this is the f- when you're introduced to the combat. Now, the combat, you I don't think you've got much experience with Resident Evil. I think you've played Resident Evil 7 with me. Yeah. Uh, but that's it, isn't it? Uh, we um, played... For the tiny bit of Resident Evil 5. Yeah. We didn't get that far. So and, the- and we played it a bit of... Um- was it Revelations? Revelations 2, I think, on yeah, Switch. on the Switch. Um, now, the combat is literally, like, pretty much copy and pasted from Resident Evil 4 and 5, in which, in, in those games, you basically, uh, it's third-person, over-the-shoulder mm-hmm. combat, you have your gun, you have a laser sight on your gun so you can tell where you're shooting. The difference being that in those games, you have to kind of choose between movement and shooting. So in those games, when you stop to shoot, you have to stand still. In this game, you can move and shoot at the mm-hmm. same time, making it much easier, I think, because in Resident Evil 4 in particular, like, You'll be stood there shooting. You'll have Spanish peasants charging down at you and you've got to be like, shit, I need to turn around and run away now because I haven't got enough time. In this game, you can back up and shoot and back up and shoot and things like that. Uh, what did you think of uh, when you first sort of started playing the combat and things? Um, It took a while to get used to because, like you already mentioned, I don't really play games like that. Yeah. Uh, but it was fine. Like It, it was better than... Um, I think I had a go on Deadly Premonition, didn't I, with the shooting? Like for you had a go on it, yeah. Definitely better than that, although that's not really no. uh, a feat to... Well, talking but, of definitely um, better than Deadly Premonition, actually, one thing I did want to say was, uh, the, I thought the graphics were pretty good. Like, um, yeah. I, I was when I was looking up Metacritic for something that we're going to do later, uh, I was seeing a lot of people complain about the graphics at the time, in like 2011. <sighs> and I was like, I think it still looks pretty nice now. I mean, there was a few blurry textures, but only like, the medium had no, the same. Honestly, you know? I, I, I think because it, it was so rich, I didn't mind but so the point much. I was going to make was Deadly Premonition 2 A Blessing in Disguise uh, was a 2020 game and this game was considerably better than that and it looked considerably better and played considerably yeah. better but yeah no um, I think it was easy enough to um, get a handle on I don't know how much of that is due to the fact that we're playing on easy easy but they gave you that option so thank you yeah um, but no I mean it, I, I got the hang of it you can switch uh, I think later on you get a couple more or three more guns yeah um, it's pretty easy to switch them out and it's self-explanatory yeah so you um, the one thing that I did want to mention though that I think was a bit more contentious for you was the dodge function so the, the game has like a dodge roll which does work pretty well generally and mm-hmm. you um, you are basically just invincible while you're dodging so you can literally have like five demons around you if you keep mashing A to, to dodge roll you will take no damage yeah however the 180 turn yeah well when we first started playing, it was going to be me who was going to play through all of it. Yeah. Um, and I think about chapter three... It was chapter three or chapter four, was, I think. I think it was chapter three or four, we decided we're going to do either death for death or we're going to do a chapter each because it was getting a little bit... Um, we'll, we'll talk about what happened, but basically I needed a break Yeah. Uh, in, in controlling it. And um, for the first three chapters, I kept complaining to you, this, this A 
because basically on Xbox, if you press A, you do a 180 turn. Yeah, kind of so, like God Hands as well. So yeah, if you press A once without any direction buttons, you do like a, a 180 turn. And the idea is so that you can turn around very fast yeah, if you need to chase now, enemies. However, to do dodge rolls, you have to press A, but also press a direction yeah, button. Yeah. Now, in theory, it sounds good. It does sound good for what the game is. But when you actually practice it, it's horrendous. And I don't remember God Hand ever having the problem of... No, mixed between. I don't think God Hand had as much sort of necessity to control the camera angles as much. No, but but what I meant was they, they still had that 180 turn, and I think it's real. You know, it is a 2011 game, so it's very old fashioned, and there's certain controls that you'd never see in a modern game anymore. So I understand that, but it doesn't stop the fact that it was annoying. And sometimes no. you try and dodge roll out of like the way of a laser, and instead Garcia would turn 180. Yeah, well, what makes this? Um, what makes this worse is, and we'll, we'll get onto like, the story in a minute, but the, and I think, I don't know if you felt like this, uh, but, cause, because, because, listeners, while we, while we're playing the game, often what we'll do is we'll look at each other and go, have you seen that? And then go, nope, stop. Cause we want to save it for the podcast. We want <laughs> it to be fresh out the oven for you. Yeah. Um, but the, I felt like there was often, and this happened quite a lot, a real delay in when you press a button and when Garcia does something. Yes. Like yes, when you to sort of sprint, you've got to press RT uh, or R2, if you're on PlayStation 3. And you and you will reliably have to press that two or three times and before you know he'll what? get the message. I am so glad that you started controlling it because I felt like for the first three chapters, you know, not not it's not your fault or anything because you were trying to help me, but you'd say, "Mean you have to sprint," or yeah. you know, because there'd be bits where you it's time conscious or time sensitive, and you have to run before you die or got, get damage, and you'd be like, "Are you sprinting? Are you sure you're sprinting? Are you pressing the right button?" And I promise you, I was pressing no, no, it two I believe, or three I times. Believe you, yeah. But without you controlling it, you wouldn't have known that. So when it got to you controlling it and you were having the same issues, I was like, thank fuck you know what I was going through now. Yeah, well, the point I was going to make was that with the um, the dodge roll, like, like, like Min says, if you hit A once, you'll just do 180 turn. If you hit A and press the direction button, you'll roll away from an attack. And say, like, like you say, say a boss is shooting a laser at you and you want to dodge out the way, you'll press the direction button and press A, but but because the game sort of lags a little bit with, yeah. with inputs, it will just spin around anyway and you'll take the damage. And that happened, like, countless times. That yeah. was really annoying. And the sprint really wound me up because it was like... It, it's almost like the brain the game had a brain fart and if you were running and then you wanted to then sprint, it was like, no. Yeah. And you have to press it at least two... You know, you have to two press RT times. two or three times yeah. before he actually sprints. And sometimes, for no reason, he'd stop. I don't know if it was stamina, but, no, but it, it did yeah. it, like, as soon as I started sprinting, it'd stop. And I'd be like, right, I have to keep pressing it. So that was really annoying. Um, And then couple that up with the, the fact that the dodge roll doesn't work as well as it should as well. Sometimes you'll, you want to sprint, it doesn't sprint, you have to dodge roll, and then it turns 180. It was really frustrating. Um, yeah. So, yeah, some of the buttons were a little bit... Uh, hit or miss I think even with the um, the shooting there the were times I don't remember in, if I don't know if you remember in the beginning you get a gun called the teether at first I think no that's not the first is gun you get is it not the first one the first gun you get is called the bonner which no no, no but in, in the beginning this is when I first oh, had no, the, the issue the, the second gun you get is the monocushioner okay well I had the problem with the teether okay where um, so it uses teeth as, as bullets or ammo yeah. and it started shooting and I showed you my fingers and I wasn't pressing anything yeah, no, and it was no, wasting my ammo and I was like it looked like I was shooting at nothing and that like, my aim was off but I was like Joe look my fingers aren't on it it was just pressing for ages so yeah the controls you know even though they were um, easy to sort of grasp and self-explanatory they didn't always work yeah it was it was definitely laggy um, yeah. and it did it did make it difficult at times 
Um, <clears throat> well, anyway, so like I say, so start off in the hotel room with your girlfriend Paula uh, when you are attacked by demons and the Lord of the Demons, who is a man called Fleming, uh, which is a, such a fucking weird I, I name. took offence, not offence, I took a real disliking to this because What's I was like, Fleming is not a good villain no, name. No, it's really not. Uh, he kind of like, he's got like a trench coat and he's got like a big, long, sort of oblong shaped head. I'd describe with three it sets as, um, you know, the, the red lights on top of a police car? Yeah. It's like three of those. Okay, I can see that. On top yeah. of each other, with, all with eyes. So he had like six, six three pairs he had of six eyes. Six eyes, yeah, three pairs of eyes. And he basically takes power, um, implies that he is going to rape her. I mean, that's basically what he does. Oh my God, yeah. He, I mean, he, he says some horrible stuff. Implies that he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna rape her, yeah, and that he's going to kill her over and over and over again. He sort of puts her inside his jacket and then disappears and cr- into a, like a portal in the floor from this hotel. Uh, to hell and Garcia immediately jumps in after him yeah, in order to rescue Paula for some reason Fleming's got a real um, chip on his shoulder about like manhood and sexual prowess and stuff because he, he says to you know Garcia tell me that I'm a better man than you and yeah yeah he just it's very strange it's very strange and also not a great villain for the fact that uh, you don't actually see Fleming again until the last boss which yeah. I always think like for, for video games in particular it does seem to be a problem where you just kind of you're told okay look at this this villain's done this and then you don't really see or interact with them again until the end like you know I just think it's if you want us to dislike the villain you need to sort of put a bit of work was, into was it Fleming that was spying on us in the beginning I don't know which but you're referring to oh maybe it was just demons popping up and checking up are you thinking of the messenger Oh, yeah. yeah, I think you're thinking of the messenger. <laughs> anyway, so you follow Fleming into this portal to hell, and that's when sort of like the game starts. You get yeah. the, you get the splash screen, and you uh, Garcia is at the gates of hell with his demon friend Johnson. So again, this game is not very subtle. Okay, the first gun that you get is a pistol that's called the Boner. Okay, this is a level of uh, purity and adolescence we're dealing with, <laughs> and our best friend is a floating skull called Johnson. He looks like one of the lost uh, the lost souls from Doom. He does. And he's a floating skull with like fire around him called Johnson. Now Garcia is voiced by Steve Bloom who's got like a sort of gruff Mexican accent like that. Uh, and the I can't remember who voices Johnson but Johnson's got sort of like a cut glass British accent. Uh, what do you think of Johnson? Um, I can't believe it's the first time we're mentioning Johnson but I fucking loved him. He was probably <laughs> my favourite character in the entire game. More, more than Garcia. Um, like, he stole the show. So he's, he's a tiny little skull that you'd see on, like, a, a pirate flag or something. And yeah. he's got little um, little holes in his, his face that we'll explain later on. And um, like Joe said, he's got a very, very strange accent that doesn't quite suit his his demeanour. Not at all. Um, he's very innuendo-filled. I'd say pretty horny. He's a pervert. He's, he's definitely a pervert. Like, he'll turn anything into a sexual comment. Um, but yeah, he he's a sort of, I guess he's made a deal, or Garcia forces him into a deal in the beginning to help him, um, you know, kill the demons and and get Paula back. Um, I can't remember why exactly. He, he took just implies the deal. that he wanted to leave the demon world. Oh, okay. And Garcia took him with him. <clears throat> some other point, like we haven't seen that okay. story, and he's now Garcia's like partner, like sidekick almost. And he, uh, when when Garcia pulls his gun out, Johnson becomes the gun. So and Johnson, a motorbike it, as well. Yeah, so Johnson is a motorbike, he's a gun, he's, there's several, several different weapons you get, and like I say, the first gun that you get, Garcia forms like a pistol and it's called the Boner. Yeah, just a uh, point there though, you never 
play on a motorbike. You just see the motorbike yeah. once in a couple of shame, isn't it? It's Doesn't a bit of a shame, but I think it's just to highlight the point that he can shape shift into yeah. various things that helps Garcia. But yeah, so he Johnson is a brilliant character, but he's also our weapon. Yeah. Um, who has upgrades later on, but he's just he's so funny, he's so amazing. Um, he he just the comments that he comes out with, you do not expect. No, he is he is very funny. Yeah. Um, and particularly if you when you complete the game, stick around for the post credit sequence because he does a hilarious like private school British rap <laughs> yeah, <laughs> about so, the um, demon world, which is very funny. You know, I feel like he's very endearing, and he must care about Gassier. Or yeah. maybe he cares about him, or maybe he's just got. I know. I think you definitely get the feeling that they care about what he cares yeah. about him. You know, I think there's a bit where there's a, a bit where you uh, he helps you find like an underground path, and he's like, "Who's your school G? Who's your school G?" Because he calls Garcia like G. I feel like me and um, Johnson were on the same page. Yeah. And I feel like he was almost the voice of the uh, the viewers. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. So, we'll get to that. So you arrive at the gates of hell, you eventually break through and you find that the demon world is kind of like a, sort of almost like a mirror reality where there's like, so the first area you go through is like a town. So the, ga- the game is separated into acts and the first act takes place in this demon town where you go through like a demon world and there's like a pub called like the Hangman's Noose, like a demon bar that people drink and stuff. And it turns out that in the demon world... Um, alcohol is actually good for you and good for your liver so yeah and you the, can drink as much as you want you drink as much as you want and it's good for you so the alcohol uh, is the alcohol is like healing portions basically so you yeah. have like hot sake and tequila and uh, an absinthe and yeah. that's what heals your your, um, your health and as you go through as well you find out little details such as that um, demons hate light and they actually go to like darkness boosts like where they're like tanning boosts but for dark to try and get as pale as possible and also this is a point as well where you start to sort of see a bit more of the mechanics because I'd say the game obviously the primary mechanic is shooting but the second mechanic and I think the thing that makes it kind of stand out a bit as a bit more original is the darkness mechanic so basically the game is like obviously like light there's lights and things but every now and then you're plunged into like absolute darkness and whilst you're in darkness you can only last probably about 30 seconds before it starts to drain your health away so every now and then you'll walk into a room or an area and the music will shift and it'll go doo 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 basically and the room will fill up with uh, so Maze is just getting very comfortable on the bed um, we're doing this in bed we always do the podcast in bed um, the room will fill up with like purpley darkness and if you don't do something about it, it'll drain your health and kill you. Yeah, so you, you've got um, a health bar which looks like oddly like a penis. Yeah, everything in this game is phallic. Yeah, uh, so it's, it's on purpose. Yeah. There's no coincidence. And uh, you have like a black bar that slowly drains the more you're in darkness. And once that black bar drains fully, it then goes onto your actual health where yeah. you will take damage. Now, what you have to do is something called a light shot um, to get out of darkness, but you have to use that light shot on... A goat's head. So, because everyone knows that goat's head are a source of light. Yeah, so basically, yeah, so you have a light shot which you can use to stun enemies and it shoots like a ball of light from your gun. But like I say, you have these goat heads that are like, they look like sort of hunting trophies on the wall. Um, and if you shoot them with a light shot, they light up and they clear the darkness. And I think there's a point where <coughs> Johnson says to Gar- Garcia, like, what the f- what's the logic behind that? And Johnson says, you know, well, everyone knows that goats are a source of light. And that's all you get, and I'm happy with that. And I think Johnson, I think Garcia says, all right, well, that's fine. Well, just let me know if I've got to fuck a horse to open a door or something. That's <laughs> 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 yeah, what he says. So, yeah, so that's quite, um, quite a quirky part of the game. But Yeah, and it's used, I think it's used half, I think it's good and original, but also quite annoying at times. So the game, yeah. a lot of the rooms in the game, you know, you think like puzzle rooms and things are based around the, at first it's like 
the dark you'll be plunged into darkness and you have to try and figure out how to where the goat's head is and shoot it to banish the darkness before you fight the enemies because you can't kill enemies while in darkness because they get like a darkness shield and, and you can't sprint either so you know time's of essence but you yeah. kind of have to just know um, where you're going and then later on it becomes a little bit more clever and sophisticated where like there's certain switches that you can only shoot when in darkness so there's certain times where you'll intentionally plunge into darkness in order to shoot switches to open pathways yeah and so there'll be like um little blood spots which um when you're in the light they're blue and then when you go into darkness they, they turn red and it kind of has a line to show where it's coming from and you have yeah. to you know shoot it and make it burst blood um and then once you get all of those blood spots, um, the darkness will go. And then there's also um, the fireworks, which uh, they're sort of temporary measures. Yeah. So if you don't have a goat's head around and you're into darkness and there happens to be a firework, you go up to it and you basically give Johnson a hand job yeah. because... Um, you sort of shove it into the slot yeah, and, and then, rub it up and down very quickly. Yeah, and then jo- Johnson kind of... Spurts. Explodes a little bit and then sets the fireworks off, which gives you a temporary light. Yeah. Um which gives you enough time to run onto the next area and maybe do the same. So there's there's a few ways where you can get lightness from dark, but the main thing is, I'd say, the goat's head. Yeah, and I, and it's cool in the sense that it does kind of introduce a panicky element because sometimes you'll walk, you'll go through like a gate, and you'll hear the because uh, you'll hear the do 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 do, which is kind of the warning that darkness is coming, and the room will fill with darkness, and you'll go shit. What do I do? What do I do? And you'll have to sprint and look around really fast and try and find a way because you know you're on a timer. So it does kind of, I think, without that, the game might be a little bit slow-paced, but I think that really helps sort of kick the, it up a bit. Just while we're on the topic of the light, though, I did find a couple of annoyances with it. Um, one was, there is another thing that we didn't mention, which is the light fish. Are they fish? The sushi. The sushi fish. So they're like, they're like little blobfish-looking fish that walk very slowly. They, but yeah, they've got like, like sort um, of glide across the floor. Yeah, they're kind of like, slide across the front they've the got like floor. a lantern on the heads yeah and you're meant to like shoot them with light once and then they kind of just guide you to wherever mm. you need to go very slowly though yeah extreme and there's nothing you can do to slow it up uh, to speed it up i did find that annoying yeah it was just kind of a bit pointless wasn't it it was pointless in those times in the the in certain levels where it was literally straight line and we yeah. were like what is the point and the thing is you can't even skip it because the door that you need to get to won't unlock unless the fish gets to that point. Yeah. So it's like, okay. So you have thanks. to follow this very kind of slow fish as it's like sliding across the floor very slowly. Yeah, and you might have enemies come at you every now and then, but even then it's, it's it was very, it was a bit unnecessary. But um, one thing that I found annoying about the darkness was the delay in uh, yes. when you can actually, actually shoot. So basically it, it goes from you being in the light and then you know that the darkness is coming in and it slowly engulfs you. Yeah. And then it goes black. And I kept, like, because because you're, you're under pressure to get the the light back or hit the, you know, the, um, what was it that we hit? The goat's, the goat's head. head. Uh, sorry, I don't know why I had a brain fall there. Sorry. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, so you, you're under pressure and you want to do it as quick as possible. So you'll get your gun ready and you'll shoot. But the animation hasn't finished. Yeah. So that happened a lot, actually. It happened so many times. So you're wasting your ammo, you're wasting your time, you're getting hit by demons because you're shooting at this goat's head that actually isn't going to do anything because you've done it way too early. So it will, like, it looks black, but then you have to wait for it to kind of go, yeah, and turn completely black. It just really annoyed me. No, that did. I agree with that. And the other thing that annoyed me about it, and these, these enemies don't come until a little bit later in the game, I think maybe in Act 2, 
um, <clears throat> there's um, these enemies that are like, sorry, Act Three, because we're in Act Two now. These enemies that look like little, they're like the normal demons, which kind of look like um, the sort of fodder demons from Doom. I yeah, think they said definitely. sort of like the, the demons that you use in Doom Eternal to get you to get your ammo back. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's these ones that crawl, and they will climb up to the goat's head and kind of vomit darkness at them and, and extinguish them. And that becomes really fucking annoying because when dark, when demons are plunged into darkness, as I said, they get kind of get coated in darkness, and you then can't damage them until you've done a light shot so sometimes demons will be like blue yeah. you have to light shot them first to get rid of the darkness then you can shoot them normally oh, and yeah. because these little fucking gimp demons uh, submerge everything into darkness you'll then have to like try and shoot the goat's head again but you'll also be being attacked by enemies that you can't hurt you'll shoot the goat's head the light will come back and then the demon that you've that extinguished it the first time will immediately climb up and do it again yeah, and sometimes and that will be four or five times yeah because sometimes it'd be like two goat's head that you have to keep an eye yeah. on, on on opposite ends and you deal with one you try and kill it and then oh look this little fucker has extinguished the <laughs> other one um and some, I kid you not, there'd be like four or five of them yeah. at a time, and it was almost impossible to. Hell monkeys, I think he called. Yeah, them. he calls them hell monkeys, but it was just, it was, so, it, it wasn't even that it was difficult. It was just infuriatingly annoying. Yeah, I want to say like it's not the first time we'll say this, but sometimes in this game you look at it and you think, has this been done to be annoying? Yeah. Like sometimes in the game it just feels like it's almost like winding the player up for no reason. But we'll get we'll get into that a bit more. So. Um, so as I said, so you get into hell, you, you're exploring this hell town with Johnson and you sort of, can, in the distance, you can see Fleming's Tower, which looks like a... A willy. A willy, another penis, yeah. So it looks like a penis with like pubes basically around it, like his big tower at the end of hell. And you're travelling there to sort of rescue power and it's just kind of like the typical video game story of... Um, it's almost like Mario, really. Same story yeah. as Mario. The big baddie is taking your girlfriend, you've got to go rescue them. Um there are a few other mechanics that you see in this first area, such as the demon pubes, which are where <laughs> doors are like covered in this purpley. I think I don't know if they are actually pubes. Well, this is but, what Garcia calls them. He, he says that they're demon pubes. Yeah, and in order to get rid of those, you have to like hit switches. You also have baby doors. So um, yeah. Johnson, you see these doors that have like a horrible, grotesque baby's face on it. Yeah. And Johnson tells you basically that when demons first arrive in the underworld and in, in hell, they have to spend the first hundred years. Um, as one of these doors, basically, just protecting the door. Did you um? Did you think those doors looked like Thomas the Tank Engine? I can see what you mean. I'd mm. say it looks more like the Sun from Teletubbies. No. Uh, mixed with Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah, you know, yeah. Pretty okay, hellish. Yeah. And what those doors do, they'll say, you'll go up to the door and it'll start crying and it'll have like a speech bubble and it will say like, it wants a strawberry. Or an or eyeball. A, or an eyeball or a brain. Um, and then you'll have to go search for a strawberry or an eyeball or a brain and then feed it to it and then the door will open. This, to be honest... You know, I think a lot of this game, you can say, oh, it sounds really quirky and original, but if you actually sort of like summarise what you're actually doing, it's basically finding keys. Yeah. You're finding different shaped keys for different shaped locks. And there are times in the game where you will go up to a baby door and it'll say, it wants a brain. And you'll go to find a brain, but instead you'll find a strawberry. Yeah. And you'll find another demon door that says it wants a strawberry. You'll feed that the strawberry, and behind that will be a brain that you'll then carry to the baby that wants a brain. And it does feel a little bit like the game's not that long. And yet, it still feels like it's a bit padded with stuff yeah. like that. And really, what you're actually, like I said, what you're actually doing, you're actually just looking for a key for a door. You know, I mean, yeah, you're feeding brains to a baby face door. You know, yeah, that I sounds did, really original, I but did actually, find it a little bit weird because sometimes the door would be locked until you defeat all the enemies that are on the screen. Yeah. But then sometimes you have to give this baby door a, a 
the strawberry it was really weird yeah it was a bit inconsistent but it just it, I, I, I just think that like I say making something quirky does not necessarily make it original no. and finding a key for a door is as basic as gameplay mechanics go yeah really, isn't I think it? I, I, I honestly think it was for the joke because uh, right at the beginning I think Garcia says why do they want strawberries the demons and Johnson explains oh you know uh, strawberries are actually a, a practical joke that were made in the demon world and um, it's a gift that they've given to the human world but they're actually made of ground up tongues yeah which is why they like them um, maybe it's, it was just for that or, yeah, I just think I again, know. it's like it's they are massively overused. Yeah, they are like there's several of them in every single level, and you know they just it's just it's just like find the key to progress to the next area, and obviously the way the game works, you know, it'll be like go find a brain, and then every single room you go into, there'll be uh, a number of demons you got to kill before you get to the next room. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so you go through this first act, and um, what you find very early on is that Garcia is absolutely completely brainless okay uh, because Paola his girlfriend shows up and immediately I think we both knew and and also Johnson knew as well mm-hmm. that alright well it's obviously not Paola because she shows up and first off where she's wearing lingerie yes. like incredibly revealing sort of sexy lingerie uh, and she shows up and sort of goes Garcia kind of floats uh, sort of flirtly goes Garcia <laughs> follow me and then like walks down and disappears and Garcia's like Paula I'm coming for you Angel that's how he talks yeah. and Johnson immediately says to him do you do you, do you think that's Paula I mean John, Johnson even says to him right at the beginning this he like Johnson previously lived here yeah and it's kind of adorable because he sort of reminisces and says oh things have changed so much oh my god look what they've they've done here and it's quite cute but that aside he says Fleming has control over everything here yeah he forces the demons to do things he it's to his design what makes you think that that Paula that you've seen is actually her yeah and constantly gas you know Johnson is saying what we're thinking I mean how many times did I say to you why the fuck is he so stupid? Yeah, he, Why is he following it, it, And it, it honestly grates because yeah. it gets to the point where you spend the entire game, at almost every single level in the game, Powell will turn up at some point and do that. She'll either go, Garcia, help me! Yeah. Or whatever, and then get killed. Or she will go like, Garcia, follow me, whatever. And every single time he goes, I'm coming for you, Engel, I will help you. And it's like, surely now you know that yeah, and I think you should be listening to your little Johnson friend who knows a little bit more about the demon world than you, Garcia. Yeah, I mean, One-Eyed William, for example, I forgot to mention yeah. One-Eyed William. One of the first things that happens when you enter the world is that you there's like a weird sort of floating fish thing that yeah. shits when you get near it, and that's the checkpoint. It turns out it's One-Eyed William, Johnson's cousin. Which again is another... Oh, is it cousin or sister-in-law or brother-in-law it's, or something? It's a very convoluted... Um, yeah. Like he says, tree. like, it's my uncle's best friend's sister-in-law's yeah. cousin. And she's like, oh, well, you're practically brothers. Joe Garcia's like, you're practically brothers then, aren't you? I can relate. Um, uh, <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so the, most of the game is spent working, working your way towards the castle and being having watching Garcia being tricked over and over again into thinking that this obviously fucking woman who's not power is power. I mean, honestly, like, in the beginning, I was like, oh, Garcia's awesome, he's so cool. And then I just ended up really finding him annoying because it was like... I got bouncer vibes and I would just wanted to slap him and be like, how can you be so thick? Yeah, it really is dense. I mean, it, like I say, it gets to... It, but it's... It, even towards the end of the game, he's still falling for it after he's been burnt by this many, many times. But anyway, so uh, you are making your way through this demon town uh, and you get your first new weapon. So the game actually only has three weapons, really. You've got the boner, yeah. you've got the monocushioner, which is like a shotgun. 
and then you've got the teether which is the assault rifle that shoots demon teeth and then throughout the game you find uh, blue gems which you insert into Johnson's crevices so Johnson has like gaps in his face you normally get them after a boss fight yeah. or something big and it unlocks like a new weapon or a new function. Again, it's very sexual because Johnson's like, oh, shove it in. And he gets like really... Um, yeah, he's like, insert it into me. Yeah, he gets kind of worked up. Yeah, he, do, yeah, he does get yeah. worked up quite a lot. Um, so it's a little bit disappointing that you only really have three weapons. You can also use your torch as a melee weapon, but it's pretty shit. We we only found that out because it doesn't give you a tutorial about this. We figured out, oh, you can um, you can use that as a melee weapon. You can hold through. it down, you can do a charge shot, yeah. which never got told. But... Um, so yeah, you only really have like you have the assault right, you have an assault rifle, a pistol, and a shotgun, and it's a bit disappointing that there isn't more variety. I mean, they do the, uh, throughout the game, the weapons do develop a little bit further. So the the teether eventually develops into a gun called the dentist, which you can um, hold down, you can target basically enemies, and you've got yeah. homing attacks, so you you can just shoot, and it make it makes some of the enemies really trivial. And like the monocushioner develops into like where you can charge it up and shoot bombs and things, and the the boner eventually becomes the hot boner. <laughs> where you can charge, you can basically shoot like a proximity mine at enemies and blow it up and things like that but so I think it's inventive that they get so much out of three weapons but it would have been cool to have like I mean compare that to like Doom yeah. where you've got like this whole array of tools and things and I feel like this game was screaming out for like rocket launchers and you know different cool weapons and it's a bit lazy yeah um, we did forget to mention that when you kill enemies or demons uh, you, they do drop diamonds white diamonds yeah um, which you can collect and then use for upgrades yeah well no you, you do it's a red diamond so you've, so you've got white gems which you collect from enemies oh, yes. which you can either you can spend at vending machines to buy ammo or to buy alcohol or you can save them up and you eventually meet uh, a man called Christopher who, who serves the same role as the merchant in Resident Evil 4 which you haven't played he's half what demon are you right half human yeah so Christopher's half human half demon and he's got like a howdy happy trails kind of like a Texan accent he is probably the scariest looking character in the game <laughs> I, I don't like him I mean he has a really like phallic looking neck yeah he does he's got a very long slender neck um, and basically you can trade your white gems in for him again you can buy ammo or whatever but we it's pretty much spent it. all of ours on yeah. red gems and the red gems you can use to upgrade your health you can upgrade your the damage reload and upgrade was it damage reload and capacity, capacity for all of your weapons um, and I'd say it does make a difference you know um, I think when you first get the red gem um Johnson says, shh, 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 don't, don't say anything. Very, they're very illegal. They're performance enhancers. Mm-hmm. They're banned in the underworld. So it's implied that it's maybe some kind of steroid or something. Yeah. But you upgrade your weapons with that. Uh, so so you make your way through this demon town. Eventually you get through to the first boss, who is like a guy, I can't remember his name now. He's like covered in blood and he's got blades and things. And, I can't um, remember his So name. if you remember, you start off uh, when you get to Act 2, Chapter 2, which is called Cannibal Carnival. You're in like a sort of, well, it's like a fair. Mm-hmm. and he's chasing you around and this kind of introduces you to what the boss fights are going to be like now I don't mean this in a bad way but the boss fights are very very gamey yes what I mean by that is that they're like, almost like Zelda boss fights they've got three stages almost all of them so they'll well not three stages but you'll have to do something three times so normally you'll have the boss the boss will do a range of attacks you'll have to do some kind of gimmick to expose a weak point which will literally be a big red glowing yeah. <laughs> I think they justify it in the game by saying that stronger demons require a constant source of blood yes. to sort of power them and to fuel their attacks but obviously that leaves them open to Vulnerable. attack Yeah. so you'll have to do something like with the first boss you have to cork them over to these barrels of light and then shoot them which stun him and then you can run over and sort of shoot him in the stomach to crack his claws open now the only problem I think like I say it works 
it's a classic design, you know, it's nothing too original. The boss fights tend to be quite imaginative. But I'd say the only thing that's annoying about it is because the controls can be a little bit finickety, a little bit laggy, um, sometimes you'll have to jump through five or six different hoops to expose the core. And then because the controls are a bit shitty, yeah. it will fuck up and then you'll miss your chance. And the window of opportunity you have to attack their weak points is often actually really I mean, slim. Sometimes the bullets would just go through. I mean, you, you remember watching me and you'd be like, shoot it. And I'd shoot it, and yeah. it wouldn't do anything. And I'd shoot in the exact same spot, not moving, and then it'd do it. It was really this became um, this was particularly in the last boss, I think, yes. where you shot it. Like sometimes the hit detection in this game can be really weird, and yeah. bullets will literally go through them. Sometimes it's really intelligent. Like one thing we haven't talked about is the, the dismemberment, which is really cool. Yeah, which where you can shoot legs off, you can shoot the legs off demons, and, and they'll if you be shoot, crawling. Yeah, shoot them in the leg, they'll hop or crawl like shoot their arms off their arms can can uh, be removed or you can headshot them and they actually react to it and like like Min says if you shoot both the legs off they'll crawl towards you and you can just go over to them and stamp on them and finish them off that way so it is really cool but, but then other times you'll shoot them and the bullets will just seem to just go straight through them yeah it, I mean it was it sometimes it worked sometimes it didn't it was just hit or miss with the hit detection and as I said the boss fights um, can be a little bit annoying because as I said you know you um you know, you you've done all these all this song and dance to get this window of opportunity that lasts about ten seconds, and if it then fucks up because the game lags or, or glitches or whatever, you then have to go through the whole song and dance again. I always find that frustrating video yeah. in, with boss fights where you only have a very small window of opportunity to do damage. But um, but yeah, the boss fights are almost all inventive. And one thing that's really cool, I really liked about the game, is that you get backstory for the boss fights through these things called uh, storybooks. Yeah, so talk about those a little bit. Yeah, so um, occasionally you'll come across this really oversized book, um, and you can interact with it, and then Johnson will read well, it to you. I think Garcia reads it one time. Yeah. It's hilarious because he's basically illiterate. Yeah, I mean, you can tell that he's meant to not be the the best. The I, I found bunch. it really endearing where he'd be like meandering yeah. where we were walking and me and uh, yeah and he'd do these like really cute chuckles every now and then when when there'd be something that made him laugh yeah um but i think he read it once and then johnson johnson reads, reads the all the others yeah. um which is nice because it's nice to not have to read pages and pages to get context of of the game but they're really funny um and that's what i liked about them but you'll get like uh, stories about you know a huntress that was there before or um there's the one about the crow the one about a crow and a little boy or the guy who could not have his fill yeah, yeah so they like they set up like they're like almost like Aesop's fables yeah but they're like really grim really fucking dark really grim but really and sexual, hilarious and sexualized as well. yeah they're so hilarious and um you know he'll, he'll read them to you and it'll just end really abruptly and it'll be like um oh the one with the crow really made me laugh yeah where it ends with him just kind of F- fuck you yeah yeah, it's jumping, yeah. Off the, jumping off the uh the uh the the roof um, yeah so they're, they're very funny so every time we we came across one of those we were like yay storybook yeah so just an example of one i think the crow one is that like there's a little boy who uh they call him st- all the people call him stinky crow because he's like neglected at home and it mm-hmm. says that like he's neglected and doesn't his parents don't wash him or bathe him or feed him properly and he really wants to fly so like the next day he comes to school and he dresses himself up in a wingsuit and he's like i'm gonna fly from the roof and show everyone so obviously he tries to fly from the roof and it says like the next two seconds were the happiest of his life as he soared in the air and everyone looked up in awe and then he plummets to the ground and explodes um and that's like that's like the tone it goes for but each of them is a backstory for one of the bosses that you fight yeah so like you then encounter the bosses and it's really cool as min says because 
it, this game also has something called the Johnsonopedia, which is like <laughs> an encyclopedia that gives you information. But it's a bit wordy and a bit lengthy, and, yeah. and often you know you can't bother like sitting through wading through documents over and over again. And and I feel like they put it there to help you like know how to deal with a particular type of boss or enemy. Yeah. But the one time that we tried that, it didn't actually have the entry for what we needed. No, so we were like, true. fuck it. Whereas like these storybooks, they are genuinely funny. Like, they last maybe like three or four minutes. Yeah, but we and just we let it play and just laughed. The, the, you feel like almost like the voice actors are having fun with it because yeah. they'll read it and they'll and it'll say you know like uh, like with the there's a bit where there's a story about the man who will never have his fill. Yeah. And he's like a man who's starving to death no matter how much he eats. And like at one point, this woman hears that he you know he never has his fill. So it, and it cuts like to him basically like giving her oral sex. Oh god. But yeah. like never having his fill and and Johnson's like oh get in there Georgie boy or whatever his yeah. name was. <laughs> Like, it's really funny. Yeah, so they are really good. Um, but I think, I, I like how they tie into the, the bosses that you're going to fix. Yeah, it's just, it's a really cool way of adding backstory that yeah. you can't really avoid and that's funny and well-written. Um, very not Probably not for the easily offended. Uh, <laughs> I think this game probably isn't for the easily offended to begin with. Yeah. You know, if, if you like, if you appreciate... Um, this kind of humour. Yeah, dark juvenile humour. Yeah, then you like I'd say it's almost a little too juvenile at times. Uh, but, oh, I love it though. It's... But definitely, definitely dark humour. Like yeah. really, really does not uh, pull any punches. I think you, he, they can get away with it because it's all entirely based around like phallic jokes and... Yeah, dick jokes and things, yeah. I think that, you know, it was a different time in 2011. Yeah. I think some of the things that they do in this game you probably wouldn't get away with now. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, so... Um, as I said, so you you spend the majority of the game chasing down power, uh, being tricked by it over and over and over again. Um, and there's not really much else to say in terms of the story but, um, as you go through, because as I said, it's like you travel through. The first area you travel through is like a, a um, at the town, and mm-hmm. then eventually you get out into the woods um, and you, again, chase power through the of woods. Of course, there's a sewer level. Yeah, the sewer level, we'll get to in a minute. You um, So you chase power through the woods, Again, you watch her die over and over again. And there's quite a grim idea that Fleming basically tells you, I can kill her and bring her back to life and kill her and bring her back to life. And that's what I love doing. So I'm just going to keep doing this forever. And um, and you do see her, like, have a head torn off, be set on fire, like, constantly being butchered over and over again in front of you while screaming for help. No, honestly, I didn't mind this because um, <laughs> I had issues with her, but... Yeah, yeah that, that is the gist of the game, is that you're constantly running after this mirage of her and getting tricked eventually you do bump into another human another demon hunter and there's a really uh, funny bit where he's like uh, where you bump into him and you sort of don't get along immediately and he's like listen if you stay out of my way I'll stay out of your way okay and Johnson Garcia says yeah that's the, that's the best thing and the guy goes yeah it's best for two hard men like us and Johnson's like are you coming on to each other <laughs> and he's like no I didn't mean hard like that I mean like, <laughs> like tough um, but yeah then the other the sort of the other it, game it does sound like he had the same thing happen. well similar thing where he also loved a woman yeah um, and she, it sounds like she got taken away by a demon yeah. who likes to skin people and wear it right yeah wear the skin is um, so that that was the other guy's kind of backstory and why he was there yeah so yeah actually it's probably a good point to mention that like the game is technically I think if you looked at the genre it would probably say like action horror mm. uh, but it's not a scary game no it's very not. very gory 
very gory, but it's in the style of like Evil Dead gory, where it's I like I almost think because it's so funny, you don't even notice. Well, the, it's um, cartoony gore, yeah. isn't it? It's like it's so over the top. It's played for laughs. It's not meant to be scary. It's like, almost like Doom Eternal gory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't be able to call you wouldn't call Doom Eternal a horror game, would you? No. You know, no. And it's a similar similar vein to that. Uh, the other sort of gameplay variation you come across uh, is sort of like puzzle rooms. Which um, you didn't really like, did oh, you? Oh no, they they kind of kicked in um, halfway, or just yeah. over halfway. Uh, they came out of nowhere, so there was there was a few switches of, uh, switches of gameplay, which you know I wasn't a fan of. And we'll get to those in a second. We'll get to those in a second, but when they came, Joe to do them. But um, but yeah, so just before we move on, um, the the other human that you do see, he doesn't last. And I think I did call this. He's, yeah, his head gets ripped off. I think as soon as I saw minutes. him, I was like. He's gonna die. Yeah. And you, you know, before you fight that boss in particular, um, you just see his head ripped off. And yeah. The, I, I really liked this this particular boss because it, all he says is "fuck you." Yeah. Fuck you. Just fuck like, you. Yeah. Was, and I, I imagine that he's just wearing loads of human skin. Yeah. Um, I don't know why he's just. Well, that's stinky. It was stinky crow. But uh, yeah, but why would you want to wear? His don't skin? know. But. I liked him. He's just like, fuck you, constantly. Yeah, and to be fair, a lot of the bosses are funny or like have some kind of funny gimmick about them. Yeah, I think he was my favourite. You know, um, so yeah, so uh, now there's a couple of bits we need to sort of cover, which um, was where the game hit a low point. So again, Mm. I'm not, not, like when we did like the medium and stuff, I sort of talked through the story beat by beat, but there's really like, there's not actually that much story. I mean, the story is like you are going into hell to rescue your girlfriend and a lot of the game is spent just getting closer to the castle. Yeah. Uh, and like I say, there are some puzzles. So like, there's like uh, rooms where you've got like fire switches to move blocks around and stuff like that. There's also like um, different kind of demons. So the, this, the first demon you fight is just like a normal uh, sort of like fodder demon from Doom, as I said, where you can just headshot them and kill them. But then you get some more sophisticated demons. You get demons that wear masks so you can't headshot them. You get demons that wear armour... Um, which you have to use a hot boner to break open yeah. by firing these mines There's, at them and blowing them up. These really annoying ones that kind of um, spin like Sonic towards you with spikes yeah. on them, but you need to dodge out of the way and get them to like bump into some sort of surface or another demon, and then they'll they'll be exposed and stunned for yeah, a couple that of land on the backs and the belly's got a red yeah. uh, a core on it. So there is a variety, um, but then the game goes too much in this direction with variety in Act Four. And so, I have it's one of my pet peeves. This. Yeah. I, I don't mind if a game switches it up in a way where it's competent. If you can yeah. do it and it works fine, okay. It's not what I signed up for initially, but as long as it works, I'm happy. But it's when a game tries to bite off more than it can chew and has like... It's kind of like that saying where it's... If you run after 10 chickens, yeah. you're not going to catch any. Whereas if you just go after one, it will be caught and it will be brilliant. Yeah. I just feel like most of the puzzles weren't brilliant and they were just trying to do way too much. Well, it reminds me of like, you know, like Saints Row 4. Yeah. So, listeners, uh, Saints Row 4 is a great game that we've played together. In that game, there's like a bit where it becomes a text adventure. Mm. And it's really funny, but the point is that it's easy. Like, yeah. it does, it's not like a very difficult text adventure because the game isn't a text adventure. You haven't been trained to do that. It's a, it's a third person shooter. Now, this game, so, well, I'll tell you what, we'll get into what happens, right? So, I'm going to recount this in full. <clears throat> so, um, eventually, you arrive at like what is a demon brothel, I guess. Um, You've missed one. So on. The first one that we do is the paper. No, 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 it's not. You it do, is. No, it isn't. It is. I'm pr- I'm, because I did the first one. No, I'm sure it's not. I promise you it is. Well, I'm going to talk about them in this okay. order anyway because I'm definitely right. Okay, and we'll check it off afterwards. Okay. So you, um, so you, event- you arrive at like a demon brothel and you, um, and there's like a, a phone booth there 
um, with like a, a sex line number on it. And there are these giant demons um, with sort of like cores on their heads that look a bit like uh, miners' lamps on the helmets. Uh, you've fought them before. Uh, and they're quite difficult to beat, but there's quite quite a few of them coming at you, and they are absolutely giant. But when you fought them before, it's in a normal um, environment where you can dodge and yeah. like run and sprint away, and you know um, have all the time in the world to do it. Yeah. In this this case, not so much. So yeah, so you're basically like on top of like a skyscraper, and these demons are walking towards you. And Johnson says, "Oh no, we've got to do something. I've got an idea." He's like, he says, "Call the sex line for me, G." And Garcia's like, why? And he's like, just just trust me, just trust me. So this is what happens. You call the sex line. Johnson talks to uh, this sex line worker who basically says, like, I'm wearing nothing but a smile. What about you? Johnson then goes, oh, my God, 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 showing, and turns into the big boner. So he's basically become erect. Yeah, so he's become erect, basically. And then you got Garcia then goes and stands on the top of these skyscrapers and puts the big boner basically where his dick would be and he thrusts to shoot while shouting taste my big boner mm-hmm. that is literally what happens uh, this is the level of juvenile humor you're dealing with now that's all well and good and funny and everything like that but what actually happens is the gameplay shifts up you are fixed in one spot mm-hmm. and you can't aim up or down you can only aim left and right i think no you, you can no no, no you, you can move it like up and down can you a little bit I thought you can only move it on one plane. But you can only move... No, you can't. Um, so basically you stand and you press LB and RB to shift between oh, like yeah, no, three right. or four different um, like uh, directions. And the enemies walk at you and you have to shoot them and then turn right and then shoot another one. And it's almost like a little bit like Space Invaders where yeah. the enemies come towards you and you have to like prioritize which one's getting closest now, and things. The game tries to help you out by giving you... like So it's the same for instance, you're dealing with one on the left... Um, and another one's coming that you can't see, it'll have a direction button to say, oh, one's coming from yeah. the left. <sighs> doesn't really work. It doesn't work at all. Yeah, and also some of the enemies will run and duck and things like that. And the aiming isn't great. No. It's not competent. And again, the hit detention's not great. No, it wasn't. It's, it's a real painful bit. And you're, and the one thing this game does is it's got some cool ideas, but it, it repeats everything. Yeah. Like, it can't do something once if it can do it three times. I mean, the problem with that particular one was the delay as well. Well, there was a few problems, but let's say you shoot one and you shoot again and you're like, have I killed it? I can't tell because there's there's like a couple of seconds where it's dying but you can't tell whether it's just stunned Yeah. and then you're like oh I have but then by the time you've realised that the it's ones. dead there's another one like almost near you um, but then if you don't kill it off and you move on to the next one that one's going to kill you again so it's like really frustrating and it is a one hit kill if they get too close to you uh, and then they grab you that's yeah, it. you're, you're you dead, do and, you, and then you have to watch the hilarious, uh, you know, cutscene again of Johnson getting which, erect. By the way, which, you can't skip. Yeah, which you can't skip. No. And again, the first time we saw it, we both went, "Oh, that's that's funny." Yeah. After we'd seen it five, six, seven times, we were like, "Yeah, this is this is fucking annoying." Now I'd like to skip this. Yeah, and I think the first time we did it, I did it. Yeah. I I think I died once and then got really frustrated and was like, "Oh, I hate this." Did it, and I was like, oh, "Thank fuck for that." So once you've done it, um, you go backwards into yeah. like a, a darkness portal um, and then you have to go back right to the same bit, bit and do the same do it again but more difficult do it so again. I think the first time you've only got three directions to worry about then you've got four and then five and um, then you get like these blocks that um, block your vision hinder your, your vision and 
they, they start acting a little bit more sporadically and instead of being further away they come from like midpoint yeah. so you have less time and it just got really really frustratingly difficult it was it was incredibly obnoxious but it wasn't actually the most obnoxious part of the game though no. so Min do you want to describe what is the most obnoxious part of the game oh, there's so many but the, the uh, what would you call them the paper so it's like does the game um, become uh, so first again three times because it can't do anything once the game becomes a 2D uh, side scroller in which the world is made out of paper and did it three or four times it did it three times oh. in which the world is made out of paper and Johnson and Garcia are made out of paper and you have to float through the levels in kind of like a, a space harrier style where you are like shooting oncoming yeah. enemies and so things so I did the first one um, I don't know if you were watching or if you were no no I, I did watch yeah. Um but it is incredibly slow paced yeah uh, but the problem is is you see it and you're like, oh, this is really quirky. It's like you've been transported into Paper World. This is a novelty. But it doesn't work well at all. No, because, it's awful, in fact. Um, so if you don't move uh, fast, so basically the, the screen is moving constantly, but very slowly. Yeah. But if you dare try and go any faster and move Garcia forward, uh, something will fuck you up. Yeah, there'll be sure. There'll be monsters popping up out of nowhere that you, you won't have seen coming that will damage you and... Um, you know, you don't get very many health items in it, so no. once you're dead, you have to start all over again, and you'll get trapped in little bits if you're not if you don't know where to go. Um, the hit detection was fucking awful um, because you, you have like a light shot and you have your normal shot, and you can keep your finger on the R2 button because yeah. it'll just do constant shots. But you know, the amount of times I was doing headshots and nothing was happening, um, and it was just like Joe said earlier on, it's almost like the game was trying to purposefully annoy you because it wasn't yeah. fun and there'd be like cock blocks and things to pop up to fuck you over and uh, things that weren't your fault that would just make you die and it, it just really wasn't fun and it was so slow. Yeah, I'd say that was by far the worst yeah. and the most difficult part of the game because as Min said, it's like painfully slow, like really fucking slow. So it tempts you to move forward, but it also feels like it's been purposely designed to troll you. So like you'll move forward and a demon will drop from a uh, from above onto you, um, and if you don't move away immediately, it just damages, it kills you. When like, Joe was doing it, there was a few times where they spawned right where he was. Well, they spawned they spawned on me, yeah, and just killed me because I couldn't move out of the way fast enough because I uh, what because I, I dared to get slightly more forward than the, than the yeah. screen. Um, as Min said, the hit detection is fucking dreadful in those mm. bits. Like it just doesn't work. No. It just flat out does not work, and it's just like I, I appreciate the sentiment. And like Nero, Nero Tomata did a similar thing where it switches between like you know like um, sort of two D side, side scrolling combat and then three D, and that's fine. But you need to be good at both of them, and yeah. they are so half ah like so off, so off hast and so lazily done and badly done. Like if the 2D side scrolling bits from Shadow Shadows of the Damned was a game in itself. It would be like dreadful. Yeah. It would be fucking painful because it just does not work. It is too slow. It is too dull. Everything about I it mean, is awful. I remember there was one point where you had to do it over and over again because um, there's these walls that you have to shoot at to break before you can go through. But there was like twelve, or maybe maybe not twelve, but like ten demons that were blocking your way purposefully yeah and you just don't have the time to do it no and and as i said the the screen is kind of moving forward and if you don't keep up with the screen you die you know it's just awful and also for some reason 
that even though the screen moves forward for no reason at some points it goes back again yeah back and forth and you're like okay yeah it, it's just it was, it was so abysmal. incompetently and done I remember you being like oh do you think that's it and I'm like oh come I on I think I said I think I actually said like no that's a one and done thing like, it's just for this chapter and you were like no they'll do it another two times and I was like no 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 they won't it'll be fine and then it came up again and we were like for fuck's sake we've yeah. done this already Oh, it was so bad. Um, luckily, it's only really all this bullshit—the big bonus stuff and the um, and the uh, the two D side scroll bit—is all in Act Four. Uh, yeah. And so there's five acts to the game, so that's all takes place in the second to last act. Makes it a little bit easier, I guess, because it you know you don't have to do the combat. But fucking hell, it was annoying. Yeah, but um, there was there was also a ramp up in puzzle rooms, yeah, which again you end. don't see in the beginning at all. But towards the end, um, I don't know what was with the shift but you had to do them all because I'm not really a fan of those kind of puzzles. yeah so they were just they were just like you know like there was one bit where you had to shoot like say switches to sort of solve a block sliding puzzle yeah, there's another bit where you had to like uh, rotate blocks in the air to, to create platforms and things it was okay it was you know not the most inspired yeah it did sort of yeah you know what they killed the pace a little yeah. bit again this game's only 8 hours and it did feel like it was a bit padded and those mm. things definitely killed the pace um but yeah, the only thing that I want to mention before we sort of get on towards the finale, finale is the music. Mm-hmm. So the music is by Akira Yamioko, who is the uh, the guy most famous for doing Silent Hills music. And I think the music is actually really it good. It was beautiful. Really different as well. Yeah. Like um, With a game like this, I think if someone showed you the cover or showed you a couple of the gameplay, you'd expect it to have like a Doom-esque soundtrack of like heavy metal. But actually, it's really different. Yeah. Well, you know, like Discord and acoustic guitar and uh, well, it's just very, it's very Silent Hill-esque. I know you haven't really played I, Silent I Hill. I really liked it though. I, I love the music. That's what Silent Hill music's like. Wow. Really good. Um, so yeah, just a quick shout out for uh, Akira there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my boy Akira. Yeah. Um, now, we always appreciate good music in games. Yeah, I think it goes underappreciated at times. Sometimes we'll complete a game and then we'll be like, you know what, actually, we didn't really talk about how fucking good the music was. Yeah. You know, um, now... Um, so as I said you've spent most of the game going Paula and chasing her through various different areas there's a couple of times where she chases you for a little bit yeah um, in the I think it's is it act f- it's in act three where it happens first three, yeah, in the forest she, um, she goes demonic like and, and I predicted this that right from the get go yeah. I think I looked at her and I said to you she's a demon well, yeah. Um, but she, she kind of goes demonic and she starts chasing you in. But if, if you, she catches up to you, even if you're on full health, it's a one-hit kill. Yeah. Which was a particular annoying. She kisses you and Garcia does a very sort of theatrical... Like, uh, yeah. Like, falling back on his, you know, like head over heels kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, you know, I, I think I said at the time it was a really underwhelming death. Yeah, it was that something from Tom and Jerry. Uh, but yeah, so she she chases you and then you've got these demons that are really annoying that are in your way and you have to kill them to get to the next bit. Um but you have to like dodge and oh you've got logs you've got to break with the hot boner yeah you've got logs that you need to break and you need to like light shot her to stun her and it took me a few attempts not gonna lie but um yeah so there is a bit where she she did chase you yeah now uh, the the other thing just before we get on to the end uh, is that you find posters around that sort of add it a little bit uh, of like colour and backstory uh, and one poster you find that turns out to be very important is uh, about someone called the the huntress now the hunter, the idea of the huntress is that, and again, actually, it's quite dark and unpleasant. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a lot of sexual assault in this game, a lot of implied rape and things like that, which is not something you should really take lightly. But um, I suppose it's a demon world, though. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. But uh, so you find this story about this woman called the huntress, who was a human 
woman who braved the hell to take on the demon lord Fleming. The demon lord Fleming, like, obviously beat her, but he loved basically the fact that she was so resolute and strong in death. So he decided to keep her and make her into his mistress. It does say that she was dressed in red as well. Yeah, she was dressed in red. Um, He takes her and makes her into his mistress, which he then sort of spends, you know, for fun, kills her over and over and over again so he can watch her, like, not, you know, um, so he can watch her not sort of accept death. So it it says that, like, he rips off her arms and legs and she's still got this resolute, like, this sort of determined look in her eyes that he loves. Uh, It also implies that he also rapes her. I think it's the part where it says, where she says, um, uh, you can take me, but you can never have me. You know, basically. Yeah, I think it's meant to... Fleming is not a nice no. man, obvious. Odin. Like I say, I don't know how... It, feel, it feels a little bit uneasy, really. It, feel, it reminds me a little bit of Little Misfortune. So yes. there's a, like a game we played called Little Misfortune, which I wouldn't recommend. No. We did mention it on another podcast. I can't remember it's if quite, it was one that we... It's quite a new game. It only came out... Um, it was 2020. Yeah. I don't know if it's one that we didn't... I think we might have mentioned it on The Bouncer, which we then didn't... Oh, yeah. Maybe, I can't remember. But Little Misfortune's a game in which you uh, play as like a little girl who's suffered from neglect. Oh, no, we talked about it in the medium. That's oh, it, yes, yeah. Yes, we did. Um, um, and it reminded me a little bit like that, where it's like... A little bit mishandled. I personally, my personal belief is that you should be able to make jokes about anything. Yeah. Um, you know, and if it's funny, it's funny. If it's not, it's not. However, like, rape, I don't know. I, I, like, I'm not saying it couldn't potentially be used well, but I did think, like, it's sort of very... Sort of casually just saying that this woman's going to be raped for the rest it's, of the eternity. Um, I, I totally agree with you. I think you should be able to make jokes about anything, but... Um, it's when it makes you feel uncomfortable rather yeah. than, um, you know, it's really mishandled. And I, I just think uh, yeah. I don't like to feel uncomfortable. And Little Misfortune was awful for it. Like, we just felt... Yeah, horrible. We felt horrible. But what but I'm saying is I think this game did a little bit of the same thing. Yeah. Like, I personally just feel like, you know, rape is, is pretty horrible. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and you know, Fleming was way too casual about it. Like, constantly saying, oh, yeah. you know, I might take her to bed. and Yeah, well, just... just constantly referring to raping people yeah. or raping, and it's like this is meant to be like a sort of fun cartoony be, yeah. adventure and just dropping in the this woman you know this huntress has spent eternity being tortured to death and raped like it was just very uncomfortable it's just a bit like what was it doing in this game yeah because I remember like we'd you know it'd have like a, pe- a really juvenile penis joke like Johnson would say and we'd you know we'd be laughing our ass off and then Fleming would drop in like a real casual rape joke that was really mishandled and we'd be yes. like, oh, it just killed our buzz. And again, I'm not saying they shouldn't have done it. It's their no, choice. No, no, uh, it's their choice, you know. I don't think, it, I didn't find it offensive. I, I just, just found it weird. I just, it made me feel a bit uncomfortable and a, yeah. bit, a bit sort of gross. I just it, can't, it killed the buzz sometimes. Yeah, well, it's, this is a funny game about a fort in school called Johnson that does yeah. quips, a wisecracking fort in school and about a guy who's got a gun called a boner. I don't really want to be thinking about that, you know. Yeah. Um, so the reason the Huntress's story is important will become clear in a second uh, so you eventually make it to uh, Fleming's penis-shaped ca- castle I don't know if you noticed this but it felt like a little bit rushed towards the end I think they maybe started to run out of money because Act Definitely. 5 is like Act 3 is huge you know I, I wanted to say that to you but I, I was holding it in for this but I agree yeah Act 3 is huge Act 4 is massive and it's got all the sort of bullshit side scroll and stuff yeah. Act 5 it's like three, like four chapters just done in like half an hour yeah literally really fast uh, so I don't know if they ran out of money but eventually so you get to Fleming's Castle and you think oh it's going to be this big deal no you make it to the top of Fleming's Castle very easily mm. and then you eventually tackle Fleming uh, who has got Paula again in lingerie again implying that he's going to do horrible things to her and you have to beat him uh, it's not a particularly difficult boss fight it was a little bit annoying because for some reason the hit detection 
issues ramped up in this one. Yeah. Where um, basically he um, he has like a weak spot and you have to keep shooting it and then eventually it will crack and you need to use the um, charged hot, the hot bonus. boner. Um, and there'd be times where I'd fire at it and nothing would happen and then I'd lose my chance. Yeah, was that really... was. It was really annoying and also... Yeah, yeah, that happened a few times. It did happen a few and, times. And it was one of those boss fights where, again, it's three, so you've got to shoot the weak spot three times, but you've got to expose the weak spot by doing all this song and dance stuff to get to it. Uh, but it took, like, it's one of those things where it was, like, five minutes before you could get a chance to shoot his weak spot. And if yeah. you miss that chance, then, you know, I think we ended up having to do it about six times just because of the glitches. But, but the thing is, like, I, I wouldn't even be mad if it was my own fault for missing. Because yeah. I'd be like, well, that's your fault for being incompetent. But there were times where I was like, you saw me. I shot yeah, it. Yeah. It didn't work. It was just going through him. And bullets tended to go through demons quite often in this game. Yeah, definitely. But it was more frustrating when it was a boss like like this one. Um, and occasionally he'd uh, he'd have Paul under his uh, his um his trench coat. Yeah. And if you accidentally shoot at her, it will be game over. So we never actually did that. We never did that. We were very close, but. Uh, you know, it's just a little delay because he didn't attack you when he did it. You just had to wait for it. Yeah, so like you're shooting him and he'll like whip up in his coat and Powell's like screaming underneath and if you shoot her, yeah. Yeah, and in one of the cutscenes um, before the the boss, you do actually shoot at Fleming uh, and he opens his trench coat and Johnson's like, no, but you've already done it and you've shot Powell and he's like, oh, what have I done? And she, she starts bleeding and turns all red and he's like, oh, she looks really good in red. Yeah. Um, so I think that's that's kind of like a do not shoot her otherwise it'll be a game over yeah. prompt but yeah that that boss was particularly annoying and he'd also do this move in the first phase where it would turn everything to darkness and you have to shoot this lamb head which is swinging goat's head Go- yeah. sorry goat's head which is swinging which makes it even more annoying and there's demons like jumping up at you and it wasn't particularly hard it was just like I said irritating and yeah. time consuming this is the thing, like, a lot of the game's enemies and a lot of the game's rooms and things, I haven't really gone into too much detail because I didn't think it would be particularly interesting to recount them all, but, like, a lot of them are, it just it just feels like this was designed to annoy, Yeah. you know, and there are some really cool bits before this, like, I, I didn't really mention the bowling alley bit or the pachinko machine yeah. bit, but, like, so there's, like, a bit where you've got, like, bowl for, you've got to shoot, like, bombs down a bowling alley to kill demons, it's, honestly, it sounds more interesting than it is. Yeah. Another bit where you'd play, we've got to shoot a bomb into a pachinko machine to, shoot, to hit switches. Again, sounds more interesting than it actually is. In in reality, it's just shooting a bomb. Yeah. Like it, you know. But um, but yeah, there's a lot of encounters where it's just like this was designed to be annoying. And I'm not quite sure where the 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 thought comes from because like we recently played the messenger for this podcast and the messenger is certainly difficult, but it never felt like it was trying to annoy you. It just felt like it was a challenge. Whereas in this, it felt like it was like. Aha, uh-huh, do that again. Yeah. Uh-huh, oh, you know, you missed that. Oh, what a shame. Um, but anyway. So when you do get his weak spot and blast it open, he turns into like three pieces. Yeah, he sort of breaks into three pieces. Um, and you need to make sure that you, you know, get enough shots in to yeah. do damage to him. And I think we had to do it three times. No, to... I think we did it more than that. Because the first time he broke into three pieces, we didn't know what to do with it. No, but I mean, like, I think you need to actually Oh, you do need to shoot him three, three times. times. Yeah, everything's three times in yeah. this game. It's very it's very Zelda video gamey. Everything is three times. And then obviously it goes into the second phase where it's kind of, it's pretty much the same thing. He's still got Paolo under his trench. Yeah. Uh, the only difference is he starts shooting um, lasers at you. And also dragging you, in the third phase, he drags yes. you into the demon world, into the darkness, and you have to like very quickly find but the, the annoying out. thing is that he also has a hand that shoots out at you um, which also keeps dragging you into the black darkness yeah, so said, yeah. no oh, sorry I was thinking of um, the, the lamb head oh okay yeah but um, 
you just need to make sure that your your, your back's never to him otherwise he will keep doing that yeah again it's not too difficult um, and when you, when you beat him um, you think it's the end of the game and this is actually quite cool where you Garcia goes oh Paula finally and he hugs her and the credits start rolling and you think oh that's the end of the game and you even get an achievement I beat pops the big that says boss. I keep the big la- I, keep, I beat the final last boss like whatever it's called and then after the credits have rolled for about 30 seconds Paula <laughs> starts strangling Garcia and basically fall into like a pit uh, and at that point she says you know you never why did you show no pity every time you watch me die you didn't console me you didn't stop you, you should die with me you could have died with me you know you could have stayed with me and died with me it's all your fault yeah I, I'm never going to forgive you and all this kind of stuff and, and, and then, she says like oh why are the demons after me is it because of you it's all your fault yeah. I'm never going to forgive you never and the last um, yeah because Garcia is convinced that the reason they're after him is because of because the reason after her is to get at him so the last boss is actually power um not much to say really it's very very easy yeah you just have to like you have to first run around a room avoiding her attacks while you find a strawberry to shove into a baby's mouth to open a gate and then the second phase you just have to shoot her wings basically and eventually she drops and at that point you realize that that wasn't power it was like i don't know like again it it was power but it was well whatever it was i don't know but um power eventually the real power of power she normally is eventually is reunited with garcia and they are the darkness envelops them uh, and they hug. And you get you, a trophy, um, if you've never played it before, that says uh, "Love by Suicide by Love. Yeah, because all Love by Suicide, one oh, of the two, which is where you're hugging, you, so you, you find her in this, this pit after you've beat her, and she says, oh, Garcia, this is so horrible, I love you so much, I'm so happy to be with you. The darkness envelops you, and Garcia says, I've already found my escape, and they sort of hug, and your health bar drains, but you can't actually move until you die, and then that's that's basically it until it cuts to the next scene which is where you and uh, so Garcia and Paola are in a hotel and um, you... And Johnson's there as well. Johnson's there as well and they're eating and talking about going on holiday to Mexico when you get a call and it's from Fleming, you assume it's from Fleming saying, and he basically says like, how do you like your burger? What do you like between your buns? You know, some people like meat, I like human meat, that's what I want um, and basically says like, demons are coming for you and you go through the window and you see all the demons coming and that's kind of where it, where it ends um, and there's a couple of things that we didn't mention earlier that kind of tie into what the, what sort of happens which is that earlier on Johnson and Garcia are talking about when Garcia and Paolo first met and it turns out he found her in a bin yeah so they found her in a bin and she didn't speak a word to him for weeks yeah until he got a phone call and as he was about to answer it she put a knife to his throat she started screaming and put a knife to his throat um, and tells um, him not to Tells her not to, and then they immediately make love, and then they fall in love. Uh, she's that sounds like she's absolutely fucking crazy. Um, and when uh, right at the end of the game, when the phone rings and it's Fleming, she walks up behind you and puts a knife to your throat. And he's like, "You've been up too long. You need to come and eat." So it implies that she's fucking nuts, basically. Um, now, bec- and the reason for that is that she is the the huntress. Yes. So the huntress in the story who fought Fleming. Um, this is why he made the comment about her being uh, looking good in red because yeah. that's what she fought him in um, but he's taken Paula as his mistress as yeah. in the stories uh, because you know he liked her resolve and stuff um, but she has escaped, tried to escape the demon world yeah. and has ended up with Garcia and this is why Fleming is, is after us again and the reason why she went batshit crazy in the first place when you you know, initially tried to pick up the phone is because she knew that it was going to be Fleming. Now, in the second, in the, the ending, um, the reason why she doesn't stop you from answering the phone is because she's in some sort of trance. 
yeah. where she's sort of turning. Um, and it's revealed that she is, I guess, a demon. Or, like, in the same way that the bosses that you fight, who you find out were humans and killed themselves yeah. or whatever, were demons, <clears throat> she's all, like she's also kind of like a demon. I think Garcia says, I'm going to fight for her because I can still see some love in her eyes, even yeah. though there's barely anything and, and there. And I think he says to Johnson, you know, I, I ended up, fate brought me to fall in love with the um The, the mistress of the yeah. demon lord. Yeah, so he's aware of that, but he, I guess he doesn't mind. But it was so, like, I, I think I called it, five minutes in didn't yeah, I yeah you did and yet Garcia never realised until right yeah. at the end and and I think she she was feed, feeding him human burgers maybe it's implied that isn't it, it? is yeah because at the end of the, so right at the end when you're sat in the hotel she's just made some food and there's some burgers and it kind of implies that there might be some might be humans in there well she she was like oh it's my f- famous recipe it's the meat I use and then Fleming obviously rings and says yo you can tell what a man's like with uh, by what he has, by in, what he has in between his buns and I think he says something like, "My favorite is human." Human patties, like, yeah. Yeah. So, um, now that we've sort of revealed uh, the story of Pala, can I just say how much I hated this bitch? <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so. Okay, I'm gonna sit back while you take yeah, the floor for a bit. Go and go for it. So, right at the beginning, she's dull. She's she's a, a MacGuffin. She's bland. She's definitely a MacGuffin. She's um. She's basically Princess Peach. I think she's worse than Princess Peach. She has no fucking. Um, personality whatsoever. She's just meant to be this. Oh, look at this crazy. What what is that? Um, what is that character type called? Um, what the female? Yeah. Are you thinking of the anime thing? No. That's Sundere. No, no, no. Um. Oh, whatever it's called. You called Ares from Final Fantasy this. Manic Pixie Dream That's Girl. That's it. She reminded me a little bit like that because it's like, oh, okay, so she's hot and beautiful, but she's also manic, but somehow that's meant to be really sexy. Yeah. Um, so I already hated it right from the get-go because I was like, ugh, boring. You've got Garcia into this trouble. Um, <laughs> she, you know, constantly hearing him say, you know, um, what was her name? Paula, Paula my, my uncle, you know. It was, my angel. It was really annoying and seeing her like, oh, Garcia, when I knew it wasn't her. Yeah. And I knew she was a demon from the get-go as well, so I already hated it knowing that she wasn't worth it. But, um the bit that really made me dislike her was at the end where she starts blaming you for everything when I, well, I was like bitch See, actually it's your fault I'm not convinced how much that was actually Paula or not I don't know how I think it was because um, when she's in that frenzy at the end and she doesn't tell you to not pick up the phone it's because she she is a demon but Gassy is like but I still love her and I can still see the love in her eyes Yeah. I think there's like maybe it's like Christopher where it's a part of him is still human but they've still got demon tendencies yeah maybe um so yeah i don't know it just it really irritated me that and also fleming wasn't there to to make a um a mirage of her and then when you do defeat her like the actual power oh, yeah, pops out yeah, so it's true. her it's, i guess it's just her in her feelings but she starts blaming him saying oh you know it's your fault and why don't you die with me and i'm like bitch go die yourself like how many times did i try and shoot her when she was like yeah you, you help me but it wouldn't let me so <laughs> no, i'm knocking wasn't. points off for that but um <laughs> yeah it just it, it wound me up because now knowing that the reason why fleming is after um garcia and sending demons to get him and stuff is because of this bitch who's like tag nutted onto she's become a tag nut <laughs> She's a dingleberry. <laughs> and he's after her because Garcia now has his mistress. How dare she blame him? Yeah, if she's anything, ru- she's ruined Garcia's life. She's ruined him. And then, whether she was with Garcia or not, even if she was on, on her own, I think Fleming would be after her. 
Yeah. Because you've escaped. So, bitch, stop passing off the blame onto poor Gassy who's trying to protect you. And then she's like, oh, why did you like... Bitch, he spent the entire game trying to save you. How dare you say that if he didn't <laughs> care about you or love you or die with you or, or you know... How oh, you keep watching me die? What do you want him to do? I think you can give her some leeway in the fact that she has been tortured and murdered over and over again for, for some or a very long amount of time. It would scramble your brains, wouldn't it? No. I think it would. No. She's well, a bitch. okay. Well, that's your your choice in it. No, but she's 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 crazy even when her brain isn't scrambled. Yeah, she's not a nice woman. I she's not a that. nice woman. I she's mean, the fact unhinged. that she's um she's unhinged. Like she, because she puts a knife to his throat because he takes too long on the phone. Yeah, I mean, bitch, calm yeah. down, take a chill pill, eat your vitamins. Like, and every now and then Garcia will tell these little stories, and they always involve like her like attacking him with a knife. But then Garcia seems to like that kind Garcia of. Garcia just seems like a very simple man. Yeah, he's quite stupid. He he's, does. He's not got much going on in, in between. He's, he's just like one of those like very sincere, I just feel, quite stupid people. I feel really sorry for him because he's clearly devoted to it and I feel yeah. like he could do so much better. If you put that love towards someone who would treat him nicely, then he'd have a really happy <laughs> uh, relationship. But instead, he's gone for a crazy bitch who blames him for her wrongdoings and feeds him human meat. Well, and also, I hated the way she dressed. She was disgusting. She had these horrible... like <laughs> I've, I've got a real thing against like crop tops. Like so, she had this um, tank top that barely fit, and, and these horrible mum jeans, and then these horrible, horrible white gladiator sandals. Mum jeans. Oh my god, she was dressed horrible. Apparently, I googled this. She was uh, modelled or rumoured to have been modelled after Sid Vicious's um, girlfriend. Yeah. I can't remember what her name was. Nancy. Yeah. Whatever she. I don't called. know how true that is, but. I can see it because she was crazy. But I just, I I really disliked her. Yeah, she was, she was unhinged and she didn't come across very well, I've got to say. And I think at the very most, she was just like a very sort of, uh, like I say, she was, the the game is basically Mario. It's like, it's, 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 you know, you have to go to the castle to rescue the princess and that's it. And she is a proper MacGuffin. Like, she has no real personality. And then when she does get some, she's mental. So, you know, that bit where she puts a knife to his throat, Mm. I got proper Catherine vibes from it. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. She did look, she looked a bit, although she was a bit cod eyed like Maisie. I don't know if you noticed that. She had heterochromia. What's that? It's where you have two different coloured eyes. Oh, okay. That's why I was like, why has she got milky eye? And it's like, oh, it's because she's... Well, she also was a bit cod-eyed, though. Her eyes, she, she had a bit of a uncanny valley going on with her face a few times. But I guess that's just the edge of the game. There, oh, I did forget to mention, there is one bit where um, you're going through darkness, but your your platform is actually her body. Yes. Um, but With her tits, with, with her tits out. <laughs> with oh, tits yeah, out. I remember that, yeah. So she had her boobies out, right? And... Um, was controlling I was it. controlling it and it was a, the typical darkness thing where you, you, your HP's draining and you have to get to the door as quick as possible but I think I spent about five seconds being like Joe titties yeah she got she got titties. proper distracted by the tits I and I was so like distracted. the darkness is coming run oh yeah sorry I forgot about that yeah oh. and I think I lost a bit of HP but I was like not that I'm a pervert or anything yeah. not I'm not but I don't know if it was put there to distract, but it definitely worked on me because I was like, it's the first time you see like her naked and I'm like, yeah. why has she got her titties out? And you climb over, you have to like climb over her naked body to like a giant naked body to get to where you go. But on. yeah, props to him. It did distract me and I did end up... Um, it didn't distract me. I was like, the fucking darkness is coming, bitch, run. <laughs> well, whatever. Um, but yeah, sorry to jump no, on to that okay. topic. But I just, I cannot tell you how much I hated this bitch, Paula. 
Well, I think, lucky for you, there's probably not going to be a sequel because there were some rumours at the time that there was a Shadow of the Dam 2. Uh, Akira Yamioka, the <laughs> sound sound designer, said, oh yeah, I think there could be that could happen. But since then, there's been no indication that that would happen. Yeah. When the game came out at the time, there was very little marketing made for it. There was a few really funny trailers that I might put on Twitter that are really hilarious, but generally there was very little marketing for I the game. I think that watching the ending, they definitely tried to set up for a sequel, a sequel but yeah. yeah. Um, but like I say, there was very little marketing. Apparently it didn't sell very well. Oh. Uh, so and, it's, and it was published by EA. So EA, you know, they like money. They're yeah. not going to just make us... Let's make a sequel to that quirky horror game that no one bought, <laughs> you know, 10 years ago. Um, well... We've sort of give a sort of general thoughts about it before we sort of sum up with a score and ask Jerry what he thought. Why don't we hear about what some other people thought of Shadow of the Damned? Because we're going to play a little game I've invented called Shadow of the Damned, Shadows of the Damned, sorry, or Shadows of the Bland. Okay. Oh God. So okay. I have gone to Metacritic. Okay, for both the PS3 and Xbox 360 version of this game, and I've got a few quotes from that. Uh, and I've mixed them up with quotes I've made up myself. Mm. Okay, so like always, you will have to say, is it Shadows of the Damned? Is it real? Okay, is this a real quote from Metacritic, or is it Shadows of the Bland? Something that I have made up. Okay? okay, are you ready? So these quotes are either real or they are false. Number one, this is from K Five Ren, and they give it zero. Okay, and K Five Ren, he or she said bought this for my boy and was absolutely disgusted when I saw what was on screen. The main character's gun is literally called the penis. Once again, the entertainment industry is pushing sexualized content to children. Absolutely despicable. So is that Shadows of the Damned or is that Shadows of the Bland? Okay, I'm going to break this down. So isn't this game an 18? This game is an 18. So what is this bitch doing buying her her boy an 18 game? Again, you're... No, so I'm going to say Shadows of the Damned. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh-uh. That is false. I made that up, right? So, do you want to go back? What was the name? Do you remember the name of the person? No. K5 Ren. K5 Ren. Do you want to read up what that says? Karen! It was Karen! Oh! <laughs> oh. oh tricked you there, didn't I? I pushed got... my phone shit out. Oh, Min slammed her oh, fist down on her phone. You know phone. what? I was getting so ready to bitch about this Karen. No, that was... Oh, I was, gonna, I was getting riled up. That was me. You know what? Well done. Thank you. So that's one out of five. Uh, sorry, zero out of five so far. Uh, number two. I like the music and cheesy banter, but that's it. So that's six out of ten from Wesker2012. He said, I like the music and the cheesy banter, but that is it. You know what? That's not, I, I'm going to say sh- damned because that's about sums up my feelings too. Ding! Yeah. yeah, okay. So Wesker, I think, was on the money there. 2012, so that's one out of two. Shadows of the Damned is like... Sorry, this is from Aquaban. Aquaban. I give it 9 out of 10. Shadows of the Damned is like a whipped cream chocolate smoothie. You mix all those awesome ingredients together and get that fresh, cold and tasty blend of sheer satisfactory and freshness. Is that... That's Aquaban. Is that Shadows of the Damned or Shadows of the Damned? So Min is giving me this sideways look here. She's going to bite herself in the ass with this. You think Shadows of the Blonde? Yeah. Eh, eh, that is true. Oh. That is true, but you looked at me and oh, I laughed because okay. you're looking at me, squinting your eyes at me like a well, little beady-eyed thought, little fucker. I, I thought you were trying to do this. I thought you were trying to make me crave a milkshake. No, you were looking at me with this little great fucking like little beady eyes, and I'm like, I can't help but laugh. So you've got one out of three so far. Okay, this is from Adil, spelled A D I L. Give it ten out of ten. He said. So you're making me laugh. Sorry, <laughs> listeners. Min's staring, staring at me like a fucking minion. 
a minion is staring at me like a dog staring at like their owner while they eat dinner and it's really putting me off alright this is from Adil A-D-I-L 10 out of 10 frankly the game is very beautiful in the fighting beating and the devil bewitchments and control well and the list of weapons development and also on excellent health thank interesting game by Adil Koja from Saudi Arabia Jeddah City 10th of July 2011 on a Sunday that's all the message I'm going to say bland. Eh, eh, that is true. Oh. <laughs> he wrote, this this adorable guy wrote at the end of his review, by Adil Koja from Saudi Arabia, Jeddah City, 10th of July, 2011, on a Sunday. The reason why I thought it was false was because I thought you were going to make a, a dildo pun. No, no, I wouldn't do that with a dill. I like a dill too much. So that's one out of four you've got right so far. Mm. That is true, that, yeah. And I was surprised because I was like, he must have imported that. This game would not be released in Saudi Arabia, would it? Oh, yeah. With how fucking explicit it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, final one. So you've got one out of four so far, so you're not going to get 50%. It's not going well for you, this one, is it? Ah. Okay. Hi, Suda. I know you're reading this. Get help. Every schoolboy knows that Winkies are funny, but they don't tend to make a career out of it. You have deep-seated issues that need to be addressed. That was from Food46, and he gave it, or she gave it, five. Is that Shadows of the Damned or Shadows of the uh, Damned. Oh my god! I made that one up. Oh my gosh! So you got one out of four. That is the worst you've ever done. How do you feel? Embarrassed, humiliated, deflated, angry? Why angry? Flaccid. Flaccid. (laughs) You're certainly not the big boner right now, are you? No. Oh well, that's what a shame. So that was Shadows of the Damned or Shadows of the Bland. Uh, Now we have listened to some other people's opinions, like Adil Koja from uh, Jeddah City in 2011. But Min, um, obviously Minion, as you know. Every time we do this, we give our games a score out of 100 each. Okay, so, you know, like 90 out of 100, 80 out of 100, whatever. We then work out the average between that, and that is the score that we give um, the game. So, Minion. Why don't you go first this time? Because I've always gone first. Okay, I'm happy to go first. Okay. Um, I am going to give this game a 59 out of 100. And the reason for that is that... um, I liked the setting, mm-hmm. generally liked the characters, and f- the combat was fun, but it did get annoying. It felt like it dragged, even though it was only eight hours long. Uh, and the side-scrolling bits and the big boner bits were diabolically awful. Um, so I think it's one of those things where it's like, it's fun, but it's not like, it's not going to blow your mind. It's not the most competent game in the world. But I wouldn't say I don't recommend it at the same time. It depends on your sensibilities. Mm. So I'm going to give it 59. Okay, so I wrote my score down because I didn't want to be influenced by yours. Yeah. I give it a 63, so okay. fairly similar. So that's an average of 61. So, listeners, uh, just to give you an idea of where we're at now, we have played and reviewed one, two, three, four, five, six podcasts for this. Is that all we've done? We did Metro, Yakuza 0... Mike from Pedro, the messenger of the media. Oh, yeah, it is. Okay. Um, and this is how it goes so far. Okay. So our top game so far is Yakuza 0 with 99, then the medium with 90, then the messenger with 86, then Metro 2033 Redux with 71, then Shadows of the Damned with 61, and then all the way at the bottom, my friend Pedro with 48 because Min's a bitch. Um, so uh, we've given our opinion on it, but we are just the facilitators, you know? We talk directly into Jerry's face throughout this. So Jerry has been sat there unblinking more terrifying than anything that was in that game in the game at any point he sits there unblinking staring at us sometimes purring depending if he's enjoying it I don't know if you can hear him purring and sniffing the microphone right now um, but, but we are basically the facilitators we tell Jerry 2 what we think and Jerry 2 gives his own opinion so Jerry 2 come here boy sit on my lap for a second what is your opinion on Shadows of the Damned 
Jerry too. That was disgusting. Okay, if you're gonna tell vulgar jokes like that, you can do it somewhere else. Not in front of your sister. Okay, she's a lady. You know, like, uh, do you know what I mean? Like coming out with with cat puns like that. That was filthy, Jerry. Filthy, Jerry. Uh, I do think he's enjoyed this game, though. I do think he's enjoyed this game because I don't know if you've noticed this, but over the last few days, as we've been playing it and he's been watching us and sort of listening to our opinions and stuff like that, I have noticed that he's been sort of. Um, being quite juvenile thrusting quite a lot <laughs> thrusting in Maisie's direction you know like have you noticed that I've definitely seen him doing that is that oh he looks very sleepy he is very sleepy at the moment I think the game tired him out a bit Aww. yeah it was a little bit sleepy he's fallen asleep in my arms uh, what do you think um, do you think do you think he's been into it yeah definitely and I think every time we play a game he levels up and you know hones his skills yeah um, we're teaching him to be a deadly cat. Right yeah, now. I mean, while we were playing it, we we realised that he'd learned how to hang on to the fridge. Sorry, freezer. That is true, actually, um, yeah, that he's now learned how to, he can jump up to, like, the freezer and then, like, do pull-ups on it. Yeah. <laughs> he so, work, um, he's working out on the freezer. He's, he's getting scarier and... Jerry, no one is going to take your girlfriend to the underworld, okay? You don't even have a girlfriend and you haven't got any balls anyway, so there's nothing you can do. So, I, don't, I don't think he's learned to accept this yet. But yeah, Jerry, Jerry liked it. Oh, well, um, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, just before we go, very quickly, I just want to give my podcast recommendation. So every episode, I just recommend a podcast very, very quickly. I want to recommend uh, a podcast called Watch Out for Fireballs. It's a podcast where they do very similar thing to what we do, but in far more depth, where they basically, like, they'll play a game and they'll talk you through it. It's very interesting, uh, worth worth listening to. They've got quite a big catalogue. Uh, so Watch Out for Fireballs. They sort of go through the games in quite a lot of detail, explore them, uh, they do quite a lot of interesting games, quite a lot of games from uh, retro games and stuff like that. I found it really interesting. I wouldn't recommend listening to it unless you've played the game, but I'd say the same thing about this podcast. But yeah, uh, very good. Okay, uh, well, that wraps up uh, our episode on Shadows of the Damned. Have you got anything else you want to say before we sign off? No. No? Oh, but, um, but Jerry does have a, a message. Jerry has a message. Okay, go on, yeah, Jerry. Yeah, he says that he will... Um, if you go to the kebab shop in Swansea... Yeah. Um, if you meet him behind that kebab shop... Um, he will trade a, um, a black bin bag. Yeah. Um, it may or may not move. Yeah. It probably um, won't, to be fair. It probably won't, <laughs> to be fair. But yeah, he will. Uh, if it, if it feels like uh, rubbish and bundled bundled up pieces of papers, don't worry about it. It's it's very valuable. Yeah. Just don't open it until you get home. But for two fish sticks, he will give you this big black bin bag. Yeah, a Jerry mystery bag for two fish sticks. Mm. I think that's a great deal, and I would recommend that. In fact, I have two fish sticks. I might take them up on that offer. Uh, oh no! Shaking his head at me, saying no. I can't. I can't do that. Okay, I can't do that. Lockdown rules, of course. I can't travel to Swansea. Um, yeah, just listeners. Obviously, everything we said is in jest. Jerry won't be travelling to Swansea uh, because he won't break on lockdown rules. He will. He will travel to Swansea, listeners. Don't say anything. But Jerry does not care about lockdown rules. No, lockdown he's rules a super spreader. He doesn't. Yeah, he's, he doesn't believe in coronavirus. Okay, he thinks it's a myth. Uh, we've told him. We've tried to tell him all lot of times, but he believes it's a myth, and he won't have the vaccine because he thinks that big big dog. <laughs> You know, like the company Big Dog are going to inject cats with the vaccine. And a microchip. With a microchip to control them. So, um, yeah, it will meet you in Swansea behind the kebab shop uh, with that that bag. If that's what you want. But other than that, I think that's everything. Thank you for listening. Uh, If you want to get in touch with the show, either to tell me how amazing my opinions are or to criticise Min for her terrible opinions, that's absolutely fine. Uh, You can email the show at jerry2podcast at outlook.com. Um, and if you've got any feedback, anything you would like us to see us talk about, if there's a game you want us to play or anything like that, let us know. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us at FailsLets, or, or so it's FailsLets, don't ask, 
or you can just type in Jerry 2 podcast uh, video game podcast uh, on Twitter you'll find it um, yeah other than that thank you for listening good bows bows